this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom and pop culture, primarily from a female perspective. You'll find everything from fanfic, to cosplay, to Schitt's Creek, to Supernatural, and everything in between. So put on your favorite piece of fandom merch, set aside that fanfic that you're writing about your OTP, and sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. I have been talking a lot lately about how I do not like the show we are covering tonight. So I'm giving you a warning again. If you are still a big, big fan of How I Met Your Mother, and I don't know, Megan might have a lot more positive things to say about this than I do. But if you're a huge fan, and if you only want to listen to praise about this show, I highly recommend you stop listening now. I mean... I don't want to, you know, get rid of listeners, but I also don't want to make people angry. So a warning there that I am not a fan of this show. There might be some positive things said, but just a big heads up on that. I know there are a lot of people that hate the finale. So I believe most people are in agreement with that, but I just wanted to make sure to get that across first. So people didn't start listening and then rage quit the show and then send me a lot of hate mail and <laughs> All that stuff. So you know way in advance what you're in for. Uh, but uh, this was a first time watch for me. I had actually, I'd watched a couple of episodes, like friends would be watching them and I'd kind of watch it in the, as background noise. But this was the first time I actually sat down and really paid attention to the show. And I have been binging it on and off for a couple months now. I took a break for other shows that we're covering. And I literally about 25 20 minutes or so before we started this recording, finished the series finale. So I just, so it's really fresh in my mind. So, and I have a lot of thoughts actually on, on that, that finale. So we'll definitely be getting into that. But before Megan and I kick off this fun conversation, it will be fun. I promise. <laughs> no matter what, it'll be fun. Before we kick that off, I just want to know, Megan, what are you into right now in pop culture? So it's funny because I've actually taken like a little bit of a detox for most pop culture things right now because I'm tired <laughs> uh, and I've been reading. Um, reading is not as expensive as a lot of things I found out. So I have my library card and I read a lot of books now and it's amazing. Like I still get the entertainment I'm seeking, yeah. but I also like don't have to spend a lot of money on things. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. Um, <laughs> um, um, ooh, so, and for me, for me, ooh, you know what? I, I want to give a shout out to, you know, Bad Bunny's new album. Um, you know, it's been breaking a lot of records on Spotify and I'm really happy for him because, you know, it's not often that we get to see international artists, especially here in the U.S., really make that groundbreaking sort of 
like eruption, even here in the US, um, which is considered highly unexpected, even though we have like BTS, who is international superstars, and they can't even win a Grammy. And that's just that's garbage too. But I was just so happy because um, as somebody who's been listening to Bad Bunny since the beginning, um, it, it's nice to see this growth and to see him continue to, you know, fight for things that he cares about. Uh, a couple of songs on there talk about uh, very important things that I care about, like domestic uh, violence and that, and how important it is for, you know, people to be aware that it's something that affects the Latinx community significantly and we need to stand up against it. And uh, the song about Puerto Rico and how much we love Puerto Rico and how white investors need to mind their business and stop treating these people like second, uh, second uh, level citizens. And even though they're not technically a state with us, they should be, if not more, because they bring in a lot of profits, things that the U.S. needs. And uh, this was Bad Bunny standing up for them in one of his songs. And I, I'm a full supporter of that. I love an artist that really talks about things that are important. And granted, I know a lot of his stuff is sexually graphic and it's not for everyone. I understand that, too. Um, and at that point, if that's something that offends you, don't listen to it. But uh, otherwise, I do appreciate that he also does donate to uh, significant causes I care about. So that's a great thing in pop culture. I love Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, I, I know you mentioned Bad Bunny. Uh, I think that might have even been the last time you were on just a while ago. But, it's but yeah, I never ending. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's great. I think that's great. That's awesome. Uh, well, what I'm into is Hulu, and I haven't watched the fifth part yet. Hulu did a five night event uh, with a, I'm telling you, Hulu is becoming the new true crime central place. Uh, with this show called Candy. And I guess actually HBO Max is going to have another thing covering the same case. And this is about back on the 13th, uh, I think it was June 13th, 1980. Um, I could be getting that date wrong, so I apologize. Um, Candy Montgomery killed her, um, uh, this woman, Betty Gore, with an axe. She uh, used the axe. She was hit with the axe 41 times. <laughs> and she said she did it in self-defense because she had had an affair with uh, Betty's husband. That had ended. She said Betty found out about the affair, threatened her with the axe. Candy got the axe away from her. And then I guess when you're killing someone in self-defense, you have to do that 41 times. There's also a quote out there that supposedly she also said she stopped once her arm got tired. So I'm sorry, but whatever. But the most bizarre thing about this, and spoilers about this case, if you don't know about this case, is she was found not guilty uh, by the jury, okay? She never served any time for this crime, really. So she actually works in the mental health field. <laughs> so <laughs> that is the most bizarre part about this. It's horrible. It's bizarre. So wow. look at the Constitution once again, not doing what it's supposed to do. It's almost like we need to update it or something. I don't know. Like, hmm. <laughs> what a thought. <laughs> it's bizarre that the, that the jury would be like, there was so much evidence. She she took a shower there to wash off the blood. She had cuts. She had, you know, she had a shoe print there, a fingerprint. She confessed to doing it. Was she pretty? She was sort of pretty. Because uh, I'm wondering, because like um, for this woman to be named Candy, and I do notice this a lot in our court <laughs> cases, um, there's a couple of studies on it about, you know, how attractive like the defendant looks. And, you know, like uh, 
a, yeah. a prime example of that Ted Bundy. Like all these women love Ted Bundy, did not see yeah. him as guilty, even though he did what he did. So that is very interesting. Um, I wouldn't shower over there. <laughs> yeah, it's bizarre. And Jessica Biel plays Candy, and then Melanie Linsky plays Betty Gore. So it goes back and forth in time. And like I said, I haven't seen the next one. I think it's really interesting. It's really good. It's just bizarre because I had never really heard about this case. So I looked it up when I started watching it. And when I found out she was found not guilty, I was like, what the heck? I mean, I don't know. Self-defense. I wouldn't, I wouldn't think you'd be. And then there was something about some word that she said that triggered candy or a repressed memory or something like that. So I haven't gotten to that part yet. So I'm wondering if they're going to cover that in this final episode, which I haven't watched yet. And then it'll be interesting to see, another <laughs> thing about it too another movie um that's going to be made like it's a two night movie event i think or something at hbo oh. so that'll be that'll be interesting too with that one though i'm really curious because lily rabe who we all love lily rabe on this podcast yes. because of the American <laughs> horror story especially but she is going to be playing um betty gore the betty gore character so it'll be interesting to kind of watch these two and then compare them and I can't remember for the life of me I, who is who is playing um, Candy Montgomery. But anyway, but so <laughs> so that's on Hulu. It's interesting. If you're into true crime, I highly, highly recommend it. So, yeah. So we're going to start talking about How I Met Your Mother. And I want to start just with a couple of, if you don't know what How I Met Your Mother is, I guess I should tell you what, what this is if you don't know. But basically, this is about uh, you're following Ted Mosley as he's telling his kids in the future how he met their mother. And it's all about him and his friends, Barney, Robin, Lily, and Marshall. And it's about their love lives and traversing New York City as young Gen X millennials slash millennials. I think they're more on the Gen X side. But yeah, so it's basically friends. <laughs> it's so much like friends. And I know they were criticized a lot for being like friends, but it's a lot like friends in some ways. But you're following along until the end, until the last season when you find out who the mother is. And then, of course, that finale, which we'll get into. Just a couple of little trivia facts here. There are only 18 times throughout the entire series that Barney, played by Neil Patrick Harris, shows up without a suit. However, these are often other types of suits, like a snowsuit or a flight suit. The clock in Marshall, Jason Siegel, and Ted, Josh Radner's, apartment is always set at 420. The only exception is in the second episode of season two, where it's set to 1.10 p.m., Barney is truly the inventor of the bro code, the rules which he feels a man must follow in order to be considered a quote-unquote bro. According to the number of Google searches, the phrase was non-existent until 2008. I thought that was pretty interesting. Because of the numerous scenes and the quick-cut nature of the show's visual style, the show is filmed without the traditional live studio audience. The finished episode is later shown to an audience, and their reactions are recorded and added for broadcast. The series creators joke that the long setup time between scenes would cross the line from studio audience to hostage situation. And I just want to say, then you didn't need to have the, <laughs> the, laughter, the laughter in there then. If you weren't actually even filming in front of a studio audience, I'm just going to say that because they, they, we've been spoiled by that now. So I think it sounds different now when you watch stuff like this. But yeah, 
Okay, so I know I've warned everybody that I'm going to be pretty negative about this show, but we're going to start with some favorite moments. So I just want to know, Megan, what are three of your favorite moments or episodes or... So I'm someone that has actually read the bro code, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it was mostly because I was very inspired by Neil, how Neil Patrick Harris portrayed Barney because you wouldn't expect someone like him to take this role and really just throw himself into it and not be condescending about it. Or, you know, be like um, a full on, like just one dimension, like he really became what he thought this character would be. And that just shows how great of an actor he is for playing something that unfortunately that kind of character is against someone like him or was during that time. And that's the unfortunate thing, but he changed the whole rhetoric on that. And it was nice and refreshing to see that. And that's why I kind of read the bro code. Cause I was like, this isn't going to be like some man telling me that like, this is how X, Y, and Z works. This is going to be Neil Patrick Harris telling me how X, Y, and Z works um, in the voice of Barty. And um, it proved to be helpful for me personally, but I just love when uh, Barney, when he goes on his weird tidbits or like uh, there was that one bit he did about like time traveling or whatever and how he would use that on girls to, you know, get them to sleep with him or whatever. It's just these very complex overthought out plans because this man is just very insecure and it, it was just the most forthcoming and honest representation of that. And I really liked how Neil Patrick Harris really just took it by the balls and was like, you know what, I'm going to give the audience what they need. They need to see how much of a jackass this is, but to the point of where you see the vulnerability or the cracks and not just the yell, 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 and my point, my point, my point. So that is one thing I enjoyed about the show. Um, I also enjoyed seeing Robin as a pop star in her youth. Uh, that was a beautiful sort of character development for her because, you know, they very much had her just uh, coined as you know the the cool girl and like she's cooler than any girl because she hangs out with the boys and she drinks with a uh, scotch and not whiskey and it has to be older than her father and like just these very weird like um standoffish like it's okay for boys to treat me this way because I am one of them like kind of mentality so it was nice to see her have this other side of oh I was a girly girl and I still kind of am I just hide it because I know men are trash and are going to treat me like trash because of it so it was nice to see more of that dynamic in her um and then my third favorite thing was uh, slaps giving any of the slaps, the, uh, the, the bet, the slap bet between, uh, Barney and Marshall, just because Barney was so arrogant and just constantly like, I'm better than everyone, blah, blah, blah. And then you had Marshall who was supposed to be the moral character. It's questionable, but you know, for the most part, he's not as, um, like bad as counterpart Ted. Ted is just the extreme of nice guy and everything. Even Marshall has to call him out on it and be like, hey, dude, like you're being an absolute jerk right now. So he's more of our moral compass guy. And to see him slap Barney, it, it just it, it, gave, it gave me peace as someone that would date around with Barney types. Like it just it, it helped heal me. Um, so thank you, Marshall, for that. Um, and that, that's it. That, that, that's that's what I like about this show. These just very prominent moments. That is it. I, nothing to do with Ted Mosby, even though the entire show's about him. I could give two. If they just took him out, I'd probably have more appreciation for this show. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to agree a hundred thousand times with that. And we're going to talk about the characters here, too. So I won't say 
too much about my hatred for Ted, but I do not like this character. I cannot stand him. I will say I'm not a big fan of most of the characters in here. I will say that. But there are moments with the other characters that I can appreciate. I don't really have any moments with Ted that I can appreciate, to be honest. I He's too, yeah, we'll get to that in a second here. Um, I, you know, as much as I'm not a big fan of this show, I really did like um, all the wedding episodes leading up to Robin and Barney getting married, which actually should have been the finale of this show, if you ask me. Should have been just then Ted meets his wife and that's it. We didn't need the flash forward. Anyway, sorry, I'm going ahead there. But still, I I liked those. I liked the fact that for the wedding, they, you know, a lot of shows will have that just be one or two episodes. I liked that it was so many episodes. And, you know, there was a lot of like, these are two people, Robin and Barney are both two people who have a hard time committing because of their own insecurities, really. Uh, I think they both really, really want love and want to settle down. And I think they made perfect sense together. And so watching them traverse their own, you know, they both are having panic attacks on the day of their wedding. They both are wanting to run away, especially Robin, I think even more than Barney. And it was interesting watching that and watching their dynamics and watching um, one moment I really liked. And, and, and I will say this and I apologize, Megan, I am not a Neil Patrick Harris fan. I'm just not. But he kind of grew on me in this role. And I really, the, mo the moment when he thinks he's going to get, I, I love that it was all these like Ryan Murphy people together. But um, when he thinks he's going to get his mom, played by the amazing Frances Conroy, uh, together with his dad, because they like are cordial with each other. They're not even like, there's no spark. And he's just like, they're going to they're gonna fall in love. And he sets up the whole thing where they get trapped in the elevator. And he's like sending off his dad's wife to go do to basically he wants her to die. And he like writes this fake suicide note and all this stuff and has this romantic dinner in the elevator. That was kind of hilarious to me just because it spoke to that. That's what he had always wanted his whole life was like a normal family. And there was no hint at all that they had any spark. And he just went with just this little thing of the fact that they were not arguing and went, okay, that means they're going to get together. And so I just thought it was, it was, it, it, it really, really captured who that, who he was deep down. And so that was just, I thought that was really hilarious. I liked that a lot. And I, I love Marshall. Marshall is my favorite character on here. It's probably a lot to do with Jason Siegel. I, I love him. He's so such much. a great actor though. I and he was at him. his prime at this time. Ugh. He he deserved better than this show, truly. <laughs> I I agree. I have a I have a real big soft spot for him. Like I know a lot of people have problems with his character on Freaks and Geeks, but I love his character on Freaks and Geeks. But I think a lot of that is because of him. So when I see him in something, I forgive a lot of stuff he does. <laughs> Honestly, I have a big bias for him. I adore him. I I I, I just I want to just like sit and like. I, I don't like getting high. I'm not one of those people that likes getting high. But I would sit there and I would do that with him or just eat brownies together and talk for hours and hours. I would love to do that with him. He just seems Aaron, like someone you'd want to do that with. Would you watch Star Wars with him, though? Because that was his telltale sign of that's the perfect girl. If she sits there and watch Star Wars. 
Yes, I would watch Star Wars with him. Yes, I would. I w- hey, I could tell him. I used to for Halloween every year for years when I was a kid. I would dress up as Princess Leia. Hey, I think there you go. I think you you have a selling point. That's it. Close deal. You know what? Yes. You're the new person. You know when Lily decided to leave the way she did. That was it. That's all I needed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, so I have a big. I just really I like him a lot. I. I, you know, he does have that good guy thing, but he also has, like, he's a genuinely good guy. He's not, I think he's a genuinely good guy. He's not he like questions Ted. his own decisions. And I think that's yes. something that is missing from a lot of the male characters is they don't question their own decisions. They yes. just keep running and they don't stop and think. <laughs> I agree. I think, yeah, I think that's a lot of, that's a big issue. Yes. So basically any, almost any scene he's in, I love and adore and I, I just, I, I love Jason Siegel so dang much. I can't help it. I, that's what, that's what really kept me going when I was watching this and I'd be like, oh gosh, it would be him. I'd be just the idea that, okay, you're going to be able to watch him though. So that kept me going. <laughs> Is it terrible? I remember more of his side stories than even like Ted's or like no. Robin's side. Cause I will, I remember all of his, like in my mind, when you were asking about favorite things, I was like, Oh, I better not make it just focused on him. Like I should touch <laughs> on other things. <laughs> no, that's not terrible at all because he's an, he's a good guy. I think I'm trying to think in polls. I think he actually, I think is usually the number one character him and Barney usually seem to be the top two. Yeah. A so, lot of people yeah. just love the dramatics of Barney. I, and again, yeah. I think that's more of a telling thing about Neil Patrick Harris as an actor. He's very much the one for the flair of dramatics. Like, that's just him. Well, he's <laughs> a theater actor. Yeah. More than anything. He, mm-hmm. I mean, so, and you can, you can see that in a lot of roles he takes and a lot of the way he does stuff. I'm not necessarily saying Doogie Howser, but... <laughs> stuff after Doogie Hauser, you can see that the theatricality to him and and you know I mean he's been he's hosted the Tony Awards like a bunch of times right you're right yeah no he's done it several times after that even yeah yeah. him and Hugh Jackman hosted them a couple times though too right but I think Neil Patrick Harris is the main one who's done it like the most I think but so he's very very much a theater I that's I think of him as a theater person whenever I think of him which isn't that often but <laughs> <laughs> no no we'll just go back to focusing on Jason Segel he's just amazing um <laughs> he is I love that man so much I oh I love I love him a lot step into the world of power loyalty and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, so let's get into the characters then, and your general thoughts on all of the 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 four main. I mean, we can also talk about Vicky, who ends up being the mom too, if you want to. But the four main, no, four, five. Five, Sorry, Ted. Oh yeah, Ted. (laughs) (laughs) We just want to forget about Ted. That's really what it comes down to, Erin. We're just so tired. What? 
yeah, whereas Ted is there um, too. So, yeah. Truthfully, though, there needed to be a ter- character like Ted in existence, okay? There needed to be a character like him because I don't think men looked in the mirror and saw how terrible they were being until this show happened. I'm going to be very truthful. I think he broke the nice guy character because there's not as many nice guy characters now in TV or in real life. They sometimes are out here, but they are very much open about saying, you know, like, I'm here to fuck around now. Like, they're not messing around as much. And there's ways to tell the signs now. I think many women have watched this show and they're like, there's there's telltale signs. Like, this man, he gives it off. Like, absolute red flag everywhere he goes. But Ted, I think, needed to exist to break the um, the pixie girl fantasy. Uh, that's the best way I can explain it because Robin is very much that fantasy girl for him or that woman. He just, it's very mysterious and they do all these adventurous things, but like it could never be because she just can't commit to him. And even though he's the perfect guy, he broke that horrible trope for a long time. Um, We still see it here now. It's not as frequent though. And I do genuinely think it is because of this stupid show, because I think everyone was so infuriated with this man, especially with the finale and how it went. The fact that he found his perfect person, he's still thinking about Robin. Still. I know, which made no sense. No fucking sense. Sorry, but man, (sighs) the second he met her, that was, it seemed like that was over. And then. And that's like, I've been on dates with guys like Ted before. So I saw immediately the minute he locked eyes with her, I knew I was like, oh my God, this is a stalker. Um, it's like, and I'm sorry, that's what he is. He Nobody is. can fight me on it. He's a stalker. He's a horrible person. He just has these weird fantasies and the way Lily tolerates him. And I, my next person, Lily, I love Lily, even though she's done bad things. I think she was justified with the fact that she was in a boys club and she is at heart a girly girl and she needed girlfriends. Like she needed to have her own group of women that she could go do things with that were not babysitting these men. Um, so yes. I, I can understand why when she was supposed to marry Marshall, she left. She was like, no, I need to pursue my art dream. Like I'm beautiful. I'm sexy. You know, men want me still like, fuck it. Like I'm going to do it all. I'm not here to just babysit and be a mother. Like that's not who I am. And they need to respect me as not being that. And I think that was one of the times where Marshall really grew as a character because he realized, oh, I do depend a lot on Lily. She was someone I really defined myself by. I became a conglomerate blob because of her. Mm-hmm. And even though that's like a good thing and that you think watching them scared me initially when I was younger, when I watched the show, um, because I didn't want to get in a relationship because I didn't want to be a conglomerate glob. I didn't want to just be the couple. I still wanted to be Megan. And, you know, watching Lily and Marshall actually get through that, I thought that was really impressive. Like, I've never seen a show really go through that in the way they did before of like watching them both go through like their good days, but then also their really, really bad days yeah. and how they kind of work through that. Um, that was one of my favorite uh, season endings as well as episode beginning uh, season beginnings, because, you know, there was a lot of questions. I remember when I was watching this, uh, you know, with that season finale, I was like, what's going to happen now? Like, what happens to the gang? Like, what, what's going on? Like, do we lose Lily? Like, I already lost her as Willow in Buffy. Like, <laughs> so I felt like two heartbreaks with this woman. That's all I'm saying. Um, and Robin, uh, you know, I love Robin, but I also hate Robin. Like, as I said earlier, she's got this whole thing of like, you know, I'm the be- I'm the hot shit girl. And like, she has problems when 
if Ted meets someone, she does kind of size them up a little bit. I do notice this throughout the show of her, you know, like, I'm still the hottest thing. I need to maintain this status and can't just back down and be like, you know what? I'm happy for my friend. I don't need yeah. to go through this extra jump uh, or hoop jumping that I've been doing to prove that, like, you know, I'm valuable in this group. I really wanted more of that from her and not all these daddy issues. I just, that's all Robin represented to me was daddy issues that were unresolved. Like she needed therapy. I wanted somebody to tell her so bad to go to therapy. And I think somebody at her job finally told her. Yeah. And like she like spazzed out. And I think this was right before she married Barney. Um, Cause she's hiding under her desk when it happened to, she's like being a little trolling food or whatever. And eh, like, like, I don't need therapy. Like, and it's like, yes, you do. Yes, Badly. you do. <laughs> Um, but the only other character that really stood out to me, aside from the main ones, is Stella. She was she played the love interest in the off, uh, Scrubs too, um, the blonde lady, right? Um, God, I can't remember her name. Yes, she was also. I always think of her also because she came in in Roseanne, and she ended up taking over yes. for Becky when Becky, when the original actress that played Becky left to go to college, that's she came right. in and reprised that role. So I'm, I'll look up her name now because wow, that's connecting. Thank you, Erin. <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> that. Like, <laughs> um, Allie, you know, oh no, no, sorry, that was uh, Sarah Chalk. Sarah yeah, Chalk. Sarah Chalk. I think, I, I think that. As an actress, she constantly had to be forced into these roles of taking care of men and seeing it again with Ted. And I already hated Ted. I was so heartbroken. I was really hoping that he would try and go with Britney Spears and forget about Stella and leave her alone because Britney Spears played the assistant. And that was a cool cameo. Mm -hmm. That was such a cool cameo. And she was she Britney Spears had to fight for that because she really wanted to go on there. And her parent, her family didn't actually want her to. So it was really cool that they were actually able to do that and do something she wanted. Uh, but Stella, yeah, I don't know. I just felt bad because she very much called him out even on the first meeting of what kind of guy Ted was. And he still kept pushing and pushing until it just became harassment. And I, I think that was the character that it really broke my heart when it didn't work out because... Mm -hmm. She was one where she knew who he was since the get-go, and he just kept going until he used her up. And I think that was the time where I was like, I'm so tired of Ted. I can't watch this anymore. I took the longest break after that. I was like, I can't stand Ted. Um, <laughs> but then they were like, you need to watch the ending. I didn't. I really didn't. I could have left that show. That's all I'm saying. Um, I did not need to watch that ending at all. Um, it's kind of cool how they wrapped it up before um, – they came out with the actual ending of it all of that just that i'm just calling it that yes i, I don't want to ever see a blue french horn again that's all i'm saying <laughs> but those are my general thoughts about them as characters um and i also hate that uh they are all jerks to everyone around them and nothing seems to happen to them as a result of it like, not everyone in New York is a bad person that hurts everyone except people they care about. Like, I'm sorry, that's not real. People are rude because people are rude to other people, and that is a ripple effect. But mm -hmm. I, I didn't like that dynamic either of, like, you know, we're this important group. Like, everyone should bow down to us, even these bar people or whatever. And they don't even know their names. Nothing. Just nothing. And it's just such a lack of plot, honestly. It was disappointing. That, that's how this show felt. Disappointing. And you can take it over. 
<laughs> oh, no, I agree with a lot of what you said there. Um, I'll start with Ted because I, I hate this character. I really, there's nothing redeeming about him. And this is a character you will see in a hundred billion romantic comedies. And he, and also a lot of the, you'll also see this character. And I love independent films. I love indies. I'm an indie geek. But you will see this character in a lot of indie films where he is. And I think he's actually played this character in an independent film before, too. The, sa the same actress played it. Uh, but you'll see this lost little hurt little white boy who <laughs> has all these mommy daddy issues. And he's trying to find his way in the world. And he doesn't know how to find his way in the world until he meets that perfect woman who really has no agency and her only purpose is to bring him purpose and that's what robin was to him i think robin i don't think he gave a crap about robin i don't think he cared one iota about her and it's interesting because i had never really thought of the of the manic pixie dream girl thing with her before until you mentioned that megan but that's that's pretty true and it's funny because we just recently talked about new girl which i love new girl i absolutely love that show I think that show does things that this show only wishes it could do, especially when it comes to healthy male friendships um, and healthy friendships with women too mm -hmm. and healthy relationships. And while that one also has that because Zoe Deschanel is very much typecast into that manic pixie dream girl because of 500 days of summer. And, but I think what new girl did right that this one doesn't do right is it gave um, it gave the character a new girl. It gave Jess more agency than it gave Robin because Robin is supposed to be this very independent woman that every man in the world wants is the way she's, you know, characterized as every man wants her, but no man can get her. So she's like this unattainable thing that you want just to attain her, not because you like her or respect her, but because you want to get her. And that's icky. That's just gross. And to me, Ted, that's what his whole thing is, is he wants her because he feels he can't have her. And then when he has her, and I mean, I'm just saying has her and the fact of the way he's thinking about it, when he's with her, he no longer cares about her. So my guess is after they get together in the end, which was so stupid, They'll last another two months and then he'll get bored with it because he's got this image in his head of her being this perfect female specimen that will be there for him and make him feel better about his life. And so now that he's lost his wife, she will be there to make him feel better about his life and to not have to be a widower anymore. That kind of thing. That's the way it strikes me. And with Robin, what's so annoying about this show to me with Robin is... Robin very clearly in the beginning talks a lot about how she does not want to have kids. You know, that's okay. If a woman doesn't want to have kids, I don't want to have kids. I know other women who don't want to have kids. Being a woman is not solely defined by being a mother. And what I didn't appreciate is this show seemed to want to <laughs> seem to want to put it that, well, eventually she'll want to have kids. And then when they made it, so she by a lot, so she can't have kids. It was almost like they did that as a way to hurt her in this very unnecessary way. Instead of just being like, I don't want to have kids, just deciding I don't want to have kids and that being perfectly okay. It seemed like the show wasn't okay with that. 
And Ted really wasn't okay with that either. That was a big sticking point in their relationship. And that was another thing that he couldn't control because that's what Ted's about. Ted wants to control everybody. He thinks he's better than everybody in his life. It's so flippant irritating. The way he judges his friends is so obnoxious. People that are supposed to be like his dearest and closest friends, he treats like garbage, you know, especially Marshall, I think more than anybody, but, and even Lily, I mean, Lily's supposed to be like his best friend. And I don't think he respects her very much. I, you know, I don't think he respects anybody because he feels like he's way up in the stratosphere and he's way above everybody else. And I think it's very telling for his character that the first time Marshall meets Ted, he thinks Ted is like a, a the, the dean or whatever of the school. And he's like, oh my gosh, I'm not, I'm not smoking weed. I'm not doing that. I'm not getting high. I'm not doing that. <laughs> it was hilarious because he wasn't, he was his roommate. So it that kind of sums it up. But yeah, I don't like Ted. I think he's a horrible character. And I, I, he is very much that quintessential nice guy who's really not a nice guy. He just comes across as a nice guy. And he's more dangerous as far as emotionally and, and anything like that to be in a relationship with, I would argue, than, than Barney is. Because yeah. Barney is himself. Barney is never hiding the fact that, yes, he does lie and manipulate to get women into bed. But he's never trying to come off as anything other than a womanizer. I mean, he knows who he is. And I think for Barney, the reason he is that way is because he's dealing with a lot of daddy issues. But I think he's also just, he had a lot of, um, he was very self-conscious. and He was in a relationship where he really loved a woman and, he, and she cheated on him and left him and all this stuff. And and I think once that happened and once he focused just on being a ladies man and not caring about feelings, he shut himself off so much from that, that when he started having feelings for Robin, I think it took him by surprise so much that that's why they were so on and off for so long, but they were perfect for each other because they actually understood each other in a way that other people didn't. And they respected each other in a way that other people didn't. And they were sexually compatible in a way that I don't think Robin was with anybody else. And I think that's important. Honestly, it's really important in a relationship. It is and, at least yeah. the top five important things in a relationship, like hands down. Yeah, they desired each other a lot. Um, and that's, I'm not, I mean, I'm not saying that's all there is to a relationship. Of course not. But I think that is a big big, big chunk of a relationship is your sexual compatibility. And I think they had that a lot more than Ted and Robin did. <laughs> Ted and Robin were like, I don't know, like, you know, the school, the little school kids. Ooh, I'm giving you a little kiss on the cheek and I'm going to run away or I'm going to pull your pigtails. I mean, that's who Ted is. <laughs> the but, negging. Oh my God. It was horrible. <laughs> yes. Sorry. I just hate this character, that character so much. Uh, Lily and Marshall. Lily, you know, I struggled with Lily sometimes. I, it was nice to see Allison Hannigan in a role that wasn't like Willow, though. It was nice to see her in this role where she's, uh, she can be a little bit sarcastic. She can be not, not a brat isn't the right word what I'm looking for, but uh, were there also, you know, with Buffy, she was typecast so much as the nerdy one. And there are times when she's like that in this too. But she's also 
um, more... She's just more outgoing and just a lot more, I guess, extroverted is a good yes. term for it because Very you see more so. of her acting abilities to be this this character who is like mm-hmm. a teacher, but also much more than that. Yeah, and she's an artist and she's... And, and you know, I understand why people might have been angry when she left Marshall, but frankly... They were, like you said, they were so meshed together and they were almost to the verge of almost being codependent. They were almost on that verge there and that's not healthy. And so I think it was good for both of them to have that time apart and then realize they really love each other. They're soulmates. They're just, they absolutely are soulmates. But I think it was important that they had that separate time because they were so young when they became soulmates. They were in college and in their early 20s or probably even late teens, early 20s when they met. And that's young to meet that person. And then your whole life is about marrying that person eventually. I mean, that's just, that's really young. So I'm glad that she did that. And she might have been able to go about it a little bit differently, but I still was happy for her. And I think that was fine that she did it and she deserved that. She's interesting because I think she does want so badly to have a female friendship and I think Robin she really clings to Robin and I think it takes Robin a long time to really feel clingy not clingy but feel like she is friends with Lily in the same kind of way because Robin is so much that doesn't want a girl friend in her life or doesn't have girls in her life really so I their relationship is interesting I I mean I think they could have delved into it a little bit more but I did but I found it interesting to watch the two of them together i do wish they had more episodes of just them yes doing like some yeah (laughs) just doing their own thing rather than focusing on putting robin with someone constantly because i felt like that definitely took back on her character yes yes she always had to be with someone she always had to be you know she was the one that all the men wanted and lily even you know you know, there was, oh, yeah, Lily even <laughs> wanted her. So it was like, she was the one that was desired by all the characters. So yeah. Um, and then Marshall, I love Marshall. Marshall's my favorite. <laughs> like I said, uh, Marshmallow, I, I, which fits him to a T he's such a good friend. He's such a good husband. He loves Lily so much. Like, and I mean, in a healthy way, he like loves everything about her. When I say healthy relationships are like where you love someone because of every kind of annoying thing they do because of every part of them, I think that's the way he feels about Lily. There is nobody prettier than Lily. There is nobody better than Lily. Um, There is nobody that he would rather spend his life with than Lily. And that's what I appreciated so much about his character. Not just that, but the fact that He's the only guy that doesn't seem to care about Robin in that sexual way at all, which was nice. There wasn't like this thing of like, ooh, yeah, she's really hot and I'm going to get with, I, you know, if only Lily was as hot as her. There was none of that ever with him, really. 
Well, they challenged that in that one episode um, where I don't know what the other people were doing, but it was a Marshall and Robin episode. And that's when they found oh, yeah. that they mm-hmm. could talk about sports together because they both yeah. enjoy this thing. And it was nice to see them both be like children and just talk about something and enjoy it without someone actually desiring Robin. And I actually think that yes. helped Robin to realize, oh, men can be my friends. Like it doesn't need to always be sexual tension or I'm an object. And it was actually one of the most wholesome episodes. I cried during that one just because it was so cute. But <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, you're, yeah, because that's what I appreciated was it wasn't ever a thing. There was never any kind of sexual tension between them ever. And whereas Robin was always having sexual tension with everybody. And so it was really nice to not have that and have them have a friendship. And, you know, he's just the really good friend. He's just a really good friend and a really good caring human being. Um, I think some of his stuff might get kind of annoying, like the football stuff and all that. I don't know, like sport, the sports stuff. Cause I'm not a big sports person, but I'll be the one to say it. It's the Minnesota thing and his family. Yes. Yes. Um, Lily being scared to have Marshall's children was my favorite <laughs> episode. Um, Cause I too feel that way as a petite person. So <laughs> seeing her get True. this culture shock of this small town boy and then these seven foot giants around her. I absolutely yeah. understood why she got scared. And, I mean, yeah. it, it's nice that he grew up from that and like matured and realized, you know, like I can't always just be a small town boy. I need to be Marshall. Mm-hmm. And I think his growth was the best growth, hands down. Yeah. Yeah. I, I liked him till the end. I thought, I thought he was a great, great character, great dad, great husband, great everything. Yeah. I don't really have too much negative about him, to be honest. So. I would have rather had the Marshall show, <laughs> especially to, uh, uh. Yeah. So, <laughs> so a lot of my issues with this show are, um, I think there's a lot of gay panic in this show, which was very typical of shows around that time before that very much like in the same reign as, as friends. Um, there was a lot of sexism, I think. Did you do you think that that was an issue in the show or any other issues you had? Absolutely. The, the gay panic in the show. And that's why I thought it was very interesting that Neil Patrick Harris even took on this role to begin with, considering his real life orientation and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, just because he's enacting someone that is supposed to be the biggest perpetrator of this character flaw of, you know, oh, that's homo, so blah, blah, like, you know, saying really weird, terrible slurs like that. And It was actually never him, though. So I don't know if that was like because, you know, he fought back against that kind of character thing or if the writers chose to make Ted the one that was more fearful of being perceived as gay. But it was always Ted that had this strange fear of being perceived as gay. And, you know, honestly, like I did question at the beginning when we like first met Ted when he was in college years with Marshall. I was like, oh, this is someone that could real could potentially have like you know, some interest in his sexuality, but like the more you get to know him and his family, you realize, oh, like this was a definite no-no thing in his life. And he's just projecting that onto others, Mm -hmm. like this huge vomiting thing. However, I think what bothered me even more than that was the sexism, but also the implication of, and this is where I I don't like Barney of, um, you know, having Lily and Robin have sex together. Like that was a constantly seen as a joke in the show. And that bothered me. Uh, Marshall biting back on that. I did like that. 
he did fight and he's like no like that's not cool like they're your friends like even though that partial is like you know that that's his his woman and i say that very loosely because he never really did it that yeah. way he more did it along the lines of like respect them like they're our friends and it was nice to see him push back on uh, Barney in that way because, you know, Barney could be a harmful character if there's not someone reminding him, you know, like, these are our friends. We're not supposed to think of them this way. If you want that, go hire someone, like, or go watch porn. Like, there are ways to indulge in this fantasy without hurting people. Like, we don't need to hurt someone as a result of it. And I think that's why with Ted, I've always had the biggest issue with him is because um, even if like someone just was being nice to him, that was a guy, he would automatically like uh, ruffle up and get his all manly feathers all bothered and like, oh no, like I'm the man here, blah, blah. blah. Like I, I don't want anyone telling me anything or complimenting me, blah, blah, blah. And I think it was very important because I think a lot of people at that time associated the nice guys not doing that as someone who was, you know, like, oh, like I'm sensitive and I care about girls and their feelings. Yeah. No, it absolutely is not. It is absolutely a show of character. It is all character. And I, Ted was truly, I think, the biggest thorn in my side when it came to him, you know, judging too young of people. His ageism and the fact that he felt like, oh, like I'm old and wise and you're young and stupid. Like I, I thought that was stupid too. Like he, he could learn something from these kids that were going out and doing things. And then with old people, he would be like, oh, like you're old and dumb and I'm yes. young and youthful and rebel. And it was just like this constant, like something was always a neg. His his name should have just been neg. <laughs> or, like <laughs> he just he was the biggest proponent of this constant fear that was happening. And I hated seeing that in the show. Cause I feel like if they would have toned that down, I feel like the show could have been better and we would have seen other good things come out of the show or even more complex episodes, like maybe even dealing with one of the characters potentially engaging with their sexuality a mm -hmm. little bit more or, even just the idea of like, you know, like maybe uh, women talking about what it's like being in their jobs and, you know, trying to make it through. Robin would have been a great character for that. And they constantly knocked her down, especially in this news organization where she was just seen as, oh, you're just supposed to be just this reporter or the secondary anchor. Like, you don't deserve more than that. And it was frustrating because even how they handled the uh, sexual harassment between her and uh, one of the members in that news organization, it wasn't okay. Like it, it was very much like swept under the rug. Nobody really thought about it. And Robin was just supposed to internalize this. Like that's yep. not how that's supposed to work. So I, I definitely think the newer show um, does handle these issues better. Granted it is an entirely different show. It has a more diverse cast. Uh, there's more interesting stories than someone being just bogged down in their feelings all the time. We do have a nagging character a little bit, but he plays more along the lines of Marshall. And I think that's why I like him in the show as being that guy, because he understands. He stops himself. He's like, you know what? I'm being too critical right now. And he will actually stop himself and shut it down. Let the person actually talk that's trying to talk to him. So, I mean, there's some improvement, but again, I, I think that's just the problem with this How I Met Your Mother franchise as a whole is their dependency on this idea of negging. Yeah, that's a good way. That's a really good way to put it. Yeah. And, you know, I think they try to make up for the gay panic 
by having Barney's brother be a gay man. I think they were trying to say, okay, well, since his brother is a gay man, that'll make it okay that we are doing this gay panic stuff. And it, it doesn't, I mean, you know, going back again to new girl, what, what was so, what I so appreciated about new girl is you had these men who were very intimate with each other, very close friendships. And there was never that gay panic. There was never that, oh, we should not be doing this. I mean, there's even a moment where Nick kisses Schmidt and there's not this immediate like, oh my gosh, that's gay. That's gay. No, it's more, you know, Schmidt just says, I think you needed that more than I even needed that. And it's never thought of as like this. It's just like, oh, we're just two friends and whatever. It happens. It happens. It was not, it was not even like, and it was, that's what I appreciated about New Girl so much is it didn't have this, which I, what I was worried was going to happen because so many of these shows did. And the gay panic with, with Ted, Ted is a perfect character for him to have gay panic because he thinks he is such a good person and he thinks he's on this moral high ground and he's really not. He's the most judgmental of all of them. And he's someone who thinks because he's a good person, I, I don't know why. I think some guys around that time that you would see on shows and TV and, and movies and stuff would be like, if they were the good guys, people would think, well, you might be gay. And so I don't know. It was this weird thing that a lot of white men seem to go through during that time on TV and movies. It's like they, uh, they loosely connected it to the idea that they were bullied growing up yes. to being gay. And mm -hmm. I think that I, I call, I call bull crap oh, yeah. on that. Like, I don't think that's a legitimate thing. It's like not. I understand like, you know, like things having trauma and affecting you, but at the end of the day, it's like, you know, that was when you were a kid and, kids were being jerks back then. Like these are not the people that you carried into life with you. So no, yeah, absolutely and, and, not. It was terrible writing. And you're born with your sexuality. <laughs> it's not something that because you're bullied, you are going to, that's going to make you gay. That's a bunch of bullshit. But yeah, it's, it's, it was just icky. And I did always, I wonder that with Neil Patrick Harris, you know, how he kind, how he, if that was hard for him at all internally ever to have to deal with that or be on a show that had a lot of that kind of stuff on there. I mean, I don't know if he's ever talked about that. As far as I know, he has nothing but good things to say about this show. So I just think that's interesting, uh, you know, how that might've been for him to do that. And for with Robin and Lily, you know, there was always, Lily always seemed, she was very open about the fact that she thought Robin was very sexually attractive and I appreciated that when she was open with that, it was never like this weird thing. But then it was turned into this thing by the guys of, well, let's, you know, if they kiss, that's so hot. The whole thing of men liking to watch, liking watching two women together and getting off on that and fetishizing that. And so that was icky and gross. Um, the sexism in this show is mind-blowing. <laughs> Honestly, that was probably my bigger problem with the show was the sexism because all of these men, even Marshall to a degree, and I love oh, Marshall, absolutely. are sexist. They are misogynistic. 
And Barney is the most upfront, quote unquote, upfront one. But Ted is a thousand times worse than Barney when it comes to this. And a lot of the stuff on here, it's just gross. It's just women are nothing more than objects. Even the women they have in their life that they love and adore are nothing more than sexual objects. I think with Robin, with her job, you know, they would try so many times to point to the fact that there was so much sexism in there and and sexual harassment, but they never really followed through. It was just like they put it there and then they never really followed through on it. And it was more of a joke. It was never really dealt with properly like it should have been. And yes, this is a comedy, but that doesn't mean you can't handle stuff appropriately. <laughs> you can't hide behind comedy as an excuse for being sexist. I'm not one to watch like animation all that much, but Tuca and Bertie, it deals with a lot of stuff like that. Like one of the characters in there is, you know, sexually harassed by her boss. And it's a, it's a comedy show. I mean, they're all like little animals. Like they're not mm -hmm. even like one of the characters, Ali Wong plays a uh, little Robin bird. And then like uh, Tiffany Haddish, uh, Haddish? Uh, she, Haddish. Uh, she plays a toucan and they handle that in there. Like there's this big rooster character and he was like showing his weight around and like touching on girls and they still handled it in a funny way, but they handled it. It's not that hard to do. Yeah, Bojack Horseman, we talked about earlier this year, actually that was last year, uh, handled that too, did that as well. And that's a cartoon, but then it's funny, but they handled it in a very good way. And so it's like, you you can do that in comedies. It is, it is allowed. You're allowed to handle tough subject matter and handle it in a good way. And that, and that just really turned me off at this. And I wonder... You know, I did wonder while I was watching this because I, I love Friends and I know Friends is problematic as hell, but I still love the show and I can recite episodes and this is very similar to Friends, but I don't like this show. And I wonder if I had watched this show when it first came out, if I would have different feelings about it because of the fact that, you know, it is so... <laughs> Honestly, Aaron, the time. honestly, <laughs> like, Aaron, knowing know. you, knowing you, like, I'd like to think I know you. I don't think so, because you were not someone that appreciated, because uh, I feel like How I Met Your Mother was someone, or the average person of, you know, they like to go out to bars, they like to, you know, hang out with other people, they just wanted yeah. to watch their life on TV. And that's mm -hmm. what this show felt like. And I think that's how people, when they watched Friends, felt like. But Friends, they hung out at a cool coffee shop, at least. Like, here, they were at a dingy little bar. And, like, no. No, no, no. Yeah, and I mean, I've, I've hung out at dingy. I used to hang out at a dingy bar with men and play poker all the time and be the only woman there. But it was different. I was about to say, like were you around, like, these kind of people, though, of just, like... <laughs> no, it was, like, it was a hole-in-the-wall kind of very haunted bar in Colorado oh, well, that it was very much a <laughs> hole in the wall in a very quote unquote bad area that's now completely gentrified but so it was so it was not this kind of bar at all. <laughs> um but yeah I mean and friends I think I was young it's not an excuse but I was younger when friends yeah. first started when I first started watching it and it was very much you know, like the show that now I look back on it. And if, when I watch it, I go, Oh God, oh my gosh. Talking about gay panic. <laughs> uh, yeah. And the fat phobia and stuff like that in there and, and sexism and all of that was, was big in there, but I still appreciate that show, but I think it's cause it's got such this nostalgia thing to it. But 
I mean, this show, you're right. I probably would have never liked this show, but I just always wondered about that when I was watching it, if I was being too hard on no, it. No, <laughs> because this show clung onto that, um, that idea. Remember when people would dress up to go to the clubs, like they would be in business attire. Yes. They very much clung yes. to this idea. And I think that's why it aged mm-hmm. so poorly because that itself didn't age well at all. Like we're not New York and company or like, no, absolutely. No. <laughs> Nobody wants to be in a club in business wear. I'm sorry, but it is trashy. It is uncomfortable. You sweat in it. You ruin the fabrics. I don't recommend it. Um, no, absolutely not. No. People are smarter now. People understand that if they want to go out and party, you go out in something that's a little bit freeing, like cotton. Cotton is your best friend. Um <laughs> <laughs> Clubbing tips with me. <laughs> no, when I, yeah, I'm sorry. When I went, used to go dancing all the, because I used to go dancing constantly because I love going dancing. Now I really want to go dancing. And there would be certain people that would dress a certain way and then other, but I went to a lot of places that played like 80s music and then a lot of places where there were a lot of goths. So that's totally different. She's like, I actually had taste. Um, thank you. <laughs> Aaron's like, everyone else can sit that, down. But... <laughs> no, I don't know if you can say that necessarily, but yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I want to go dancing. Okay, we're done. I'm going to go dance. <laughs> hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So we're going to talk about the ending. And I'll spoil the ending right now if you, if you haven't seen this. So you can just log warning. Off. Like, <laughs> you, yeah, you can you can stop now if you don't want to know how this ended. I'm sure you already know, though. Even if you didn't watch this show, you know, I knew how now? it ended. How long has it been? It's been about a decade. It's been a long time. And most people know. Um, but anyway, so you finally learn who uh, Ted marries. It, and you learn it in throughout the final season, season nine. You see his his mother sorry his kid's mother his wife you see her a lot i feel like she had to raise two um yes yes and she's another manic pixie dream girl really i mean she really is and it was all tied to this yellow umbrella that he lost on saint patrick's day him in a stupid yellow umbrella blue it's like he's just summer and then autumn like (laughs) yes Exactly. Or not oh a Robert God, Frost yeah. poem. Okay, I'm tired. <laughs> we can let go of Robert Frost. Let him rest. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so true. <laughs> yes, yes. So, so anyway, so he meets her. She ends up playing in a band at uh, Robin and Barney's wedding, and then the final episode keeps going forward in time, and it turns out that his wife, well, Robin and Barney, get divorced. So stupid, in my opinion. I did one thing I did like was Barney becoming a father because I actually thought that was perfect and fit him perfectly when he met his daughter and he held her and said, You are the love of my life. That to me fit Barney to a T. That I have no that issue. That one was the most legitimate was, ending. I was like, Ah, this is the yes. end of the Playboy. Finally, put it to rest. Yes. 
Yes. And it made sense. I know it's a trope, but it still made sense to me to have that happen with Barney. But anyway, so Ted's wife dies. I don't know what she died. She got sick. So probably cancer would be my assumption. Um... And that beautiful, well-lit hospital bedside scene where he's holding her hand and reading a book. And I'm like, oh, my God. That was so ridiculous. And then his kids say, and the creator, I want to say the creator said this was the plan from the very beginning that there were hints sprinkled throughout the whole entire series that this is how it was going to end. Everybody always knew it was going to end this way. So the kids say, because he said, that's how I met your mother. Because, you know, they met at a bus stop kind of when they were leaving the wedding and the yellow umbrella came in and it was this meat cute, whatever. And then his kids say, no, I don't think that's why you told us this story. You told us this story to tell us that you still love Robin and you're trying to make sure it's okay with us. So you need to be with Robin. And then he goes and yeah, he goes in the blue trombone and outside of her window and she's got all the dogs again and they, you assume, live happily ever after. Uh, so <laughs> people hate this ending. I don't think I've heard from a single person that likes this ending and i know a lot of fans including them including meg who was originally supposed to be on this episode and she just couldn't bring herself to watch the show again the finale ruined the show for her she can't even watch it anymore so megan <laughs> your thoughts on this finale um <laughs> so <laughs> i mean i knew this was where it was all heading the fact that the kids always looked annoyed and don't get me wrong like kids are naturally annoyed but i was like oh no <laughs> this is kids that had to grow up with a narcissist because i had to do that i was like this man <laughs> is interrupting their lives they're probably busy doing something and he's actually sitting them down to tell them this long-winded narrative about why he was such a great mm -hmm. husband and had these wonderful kids and how he deserves to have his loins stroked by Robin. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, that was the best way to put it. <laughs> that's how it felt. It was just, I felt as disappointed as the kids sitting there. I was like, I am this child. I am absolutely sitting here like, why are we here? We don't need this. This could have been an entirely different show and you chose to make it trash. Like, <laughs> so... I mean, I knew it was headed this way. Oh I knew God. in my heart and I watched it anyways for the other characters, but I had hope. I was like, oh, maybe, maybe they'll let that go. Maybe they'll just let this happen. No, absolutely not. They were not letting that go. They were like, no, Ted has to, you know, fulfill his destiny of being the nice guy that actually gets what he wants and upsetting everyone in the world as a result of it. Um... <laughs> I just, I hate this ending. Um, not as much as I hated the Dexter ending because that one, not the, not the after, not the new, the original. The original. <laughs> that one, and that was, um, I watched that one shortly before I finished the ending of this show. And after I watched it, I, that's when I stopped watching this show, specifically How I Met Your Mother. And I was like, nope, nope. That's <laughs> like, we are not continuing. We're going to do it again. Forward. <laughs> Um, these writers are trash. They don't know what they're doing. Um, you know, I just, I feel like I got no real closure out of that. And no offense, I love Robin, but I don't believe she has that many dogs still. I, I have a hard time holding on to that belief, like that, you know, going up all them stairs all the time, like that's got to do something to your knees. Um, 
maybe like an army of little Pomeranians. I don't know. Like, I don't, I just, everything, even with Marshall becoming a judge was an interesting choice. Um, because he was the envir then, uh, environmental lawyer and then he went to corporate law and that was upsetting. <laughs> and yeah, he became the judge, but like, he feels like every other judge that I know in my real life job. <laughs> <laughs> like, I like them, but there's some questionable things that they do because, you know, they age in and they think they're superior to a certain degree. So I think in that essence, he kind of became the new nice guy in the courtroom. Um Mm -hmm. but very good family man. I will give him that. Um, yeah, no, I, I feel bad for Ted's children though. I, I, I would never speak to him again after that. Absolutely. Like <laughs> I would just, cause he would be so focused on Robin anyways. I would just move out <laughs> and, and like, I'd yeah. be like, let him have his two months. And when he's calling me, I'd be like, Oh, like, I'm so sorry. I'm so busy. I, I, oh, there's bad service. Sorry. Click. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, I feel like I needed that. I needed there to be a season of his kids just ignoring him to feel better about all this. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it was just ridiculous. It's like, what was so ridiculous about this is not just the fact that he ended up being with Robin in the end, which was the stupidest pairing. I, I actually, I think Robin and Barney made perfect sense. Perfect I think it was sense. stupid to break them up. Like I said, the, the finale should have been Robin and Barney's wedding. And then right afterwards, you could show Ted meeting Vicky and then say, that's how I met your mother. And that's it. Wrap it up with a bow. Done. We're done. That would have been so much better than this crap. Because what was so awful about this is it made zilch sense. It was spitting in the face of the fans. It was basically saying, you have sat here. You've watched this show for years and years and years. Leading up to what the whole premise is, is supposed to be telling about how I met your mother, only to really be this tale of how I pined over this woman for years and years and years, even when I was married to another person. And my kids are giving me permission to go and get this woman. And I would have loved it if Robin would have said, uh, no, sorry, not interested. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> that should have happened. That should have happened because it was so it made no sense. No, none whatsoever. Um, I don't even think they had good chemistry. It, it was just they, a they made it seem that because she was an old maid, that this is why yes. she succumbed to this. Yes. And it was so agitating. Yes. She, they acted like Barney and her ruined each other, and their divorce was just so yes. rough on her. Ugh. Which they made each other. But what was also frustrating is watching this right after watching when Barney and Robin got married was so frustrating because when Barney is trying to write his vows and then he finally says, you know, there's only one vow I'm going to make to you that I will be honest with you. I will be, you know, I will never lie to you again. Um, and I love you. And that's all. And it was this very real moment. And then to then have them get divorced to me was like spitting in the face of their whole relationship and what their relationship did for each other. It was basically saying, no, that was a bunch of bullshit. We didn't really mean any of that. We actually weren't good together. We actually were going to make each other worse. And Barney's just going to go back to being, you know, sleeping around with all these women until he has a daughter, which I liked the daughter part, but you could have even done that with, with Robin since it was very obvious to me 
that even though, like I said, I would have preferred if they had kept it where she didn't want to have kids. I think it was obvious she did want to have kids. So you could have even had them adopt a kid, have a surrogate, anything like that. And you still could have had that scene with Barney having a kid and it could have been their kid. And it would have been fine if you would had Ted end up with his other manic pixie dream girl. That would have been fine. But this ending was so like, basically it felt like they became completely lazy. That's why it blows my mind. This is what they had planned at the beginning, because this was so lazy. This was one of the most glaring examples of lazy writing I have ever seen on television. Um, I do think the original Dexter finale is worse than this, but that's because I was more invested in Dexter than Absolutely. this. <laughs> but this is still horrible. This is a real big way to spit in the face of your fans. And I don't get it. I don't understand it. I honestly do not understand it. I don't know at all. Man, white man, old white man that owned the rights to this TV show made happy, but you made everyone else very upset. <laughs> and I hate you. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I mean, I haven't watched How I Met Your Father, that one. I haven't watched that one. So I don't know if they're trying to make up for that or if they, well, I'm I don't know. fearful of this show. <laughs> Just because it's like, yeah, I, would think so. I, I, I have secondhand trauma from this particular show, so I'm fearful for the second one. But again, I'm watching it because of the other characters. The other characters are just so much more compelling. I'm sorry, but even I, I love these original characters. Um, they did bring back Robin at the end of the final episode of this new season um, with Hilary Duff oh. as our uh, lead, which is refreshing. I love this for Hilary Duff <laughs> because I, I grew up watching Lucy McGuire. I live that fantasy and I want to relive it. Um, <laughs> um, I love seeing her in this role as someone like trying to figure out how to date and like having just these complex relationships with a lot of different people. And it's just, it's enjoyable. I, I want more of this kind of interaction, but um, the love interest, the perceived original love interest, which may change throughout. I don't really know. I'm hoping it does. We'll see. Um, uh, she, he has a, a sister. She's the character I've been most invested in. And that's why I'm watching this show because she is this wonderful Asian lesbian woman trying to find her place in New York and also find like this amazing, like opportunity in life and great like job and everything. And I, I'm just so invested in her. And I, I love Hillary Duff's best friend too, like great style and everything. But, uh, the sister is just, far more compelling to me just because she is someone that, you know, represents someone that is going through a lot of changes as well as dealing with like discrimination from other people. And also like having to be like, hold up, like, you know, I'm still here too. I don't want to just focus on all of you. We can talk mm -hmm. about me. And I was like, I wanted that so bad for Marshall. Um, I wish Marshall <laughs> would have done that. Um, and the <laughs> only time I really felt like he did that was during the slap bet or like slaps giving and how we made like a whole show of it. Like that, that was amazing. I, I, I rewatched that on occasion when I just want to feel better about myself. <laughs> Cause he has his own little That's countdown, funny. like little thing ready. And I, I love it. I absolutely love it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, it's time to go to our newest segment. I don't know if Megan's playing six degrees <laughs> of Finn. There, there are a couple ways in this show. Are you playing? Finn? I will do my I best. Know. I will do my best. Okay. Okay. So what do you have? How are you connecting Finn Whitrock? Okay. Show? So, you know, we don't, 
unfortunately, we don't have like a tall, dark, and handsome in this show, which is the most unfortunate thing. But um, we do have the news anchor. <laughs> and the news anchor is very tall, dark, and handsome. And I did want to, at one point in my young youth, bang him. But I feel like if Finn went, uh, Witterock was the news anchor, then that should have been Robin's husband. That should have been it. That would have been a good fit. So the way oh, wait, how do you play like, this? I'm so sorry. I'm like, like no, 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 no. That was just that was interesting because I'm like I could always use more Finn. So no, the way you play this is I don't know if you've ever heard of Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. That's where this originally started. I so have it's basically not, but you connect. You're connecting the actor to, to the show through another actor. Like you see, mm. did he work with an actor in this show or did an actor? in this show work with someone he worked in it with another so it's that it's like how many degrees away from this show is oh yes yes i see now um no i i'm very bad at these um I mean, he was in all my children though oh yes, yes he, was. He, was. he was he was i remember okay <laughs> <laughs> i think you and i are the only two that probably i like how that was my first he was in all my children <laughs> Oh, that was hilarious. That's like, well, you and I were the ones who did the daytime soap at the oh, same yeah. So, yeah. Yes. Yes. He was in All My Children. You should go. I was watching some of his scenes. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember him. I was now like, oh, it just connected. That's why I was like, tall, dark, and handsome. Yes. Okay. No, I would love to hear your take on this because I, I have no idea. I, I honestly, like, if I sat here and really thought about this, I even then, I don't know. Maybe like Halloween okay. Town High. Well, <laughs> Okay, well, this one's actually pretty easy once you look at it. But I'm I'm immersed in you know I'm I'm a Finn Whitrock fan. Yes, so yes. so Neil Patrick Harris was in American Horror Story Freak Show, and so was yeah, Finn Whitrock. That's, that's like the quickest way. You can also use Neil Patrick Harris in another way because Neil Patrick Harris was in Gone Girl with Ben Affleck, who was in Deep Water, the this new movie that recently came out with Finn Whitrock. So there's that. There's also Jason Siegel was in Forgetting Sarah Marshall with Mila Kunis, who there's a movie coming out this year called Luckiest Girl Alive with Finn Whitrock in it too. And Mila Kunis is in that. And then Josh Radner was in an episode of Six Feet Under with Kathy Bates, who was in American Horror Story Hotel and Freak Show with Finn. So there are a few ways there. So I, I gave all my <laughs> that was beautiful i love that <laughs> thank you and then just a reminder to our listeners and megan if you want to play it too um we have the listener version on our website if you go there is a separate section called six degrees of finn and what we're doing is each month we're going to select four shows or movies that we have covered in the past. And then what you do as a listener is you submit how Finn is connected to each show in six degrees or less. So basically just how many degrees away is Finn Whitrock from these shows? And the shows we have for this time for May is Dexter, True Blood, um, Chuck, and um, I, I keep forgetting like the fourth one. Every time I do this, I forget the flipping fourth one. How do I do that? Every the last time I did this, I forgot what the fourth one was too. But it was the different. It was Chuck. I forgot. A uh, Shit's Creek. Can't believe I forgot Shit's Creek. Um, so those four shows. So you know you can connect him in various different ways. I will give you a hint. At least one of these is supremely super super easy. 
So I'll give you that hint. But go there. You could win some merch. So the link is in our show notes. And you have until May 31st. And then the first week of June, we will announce the winner. This will be going on for the foreseeable future. As everyone also might know, Finn Whitrock is our vice mascot. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Dale is still our unofficial mascot, but Finn is our unofficial vice yes, mascot. It's important to have two. So, Let's not be fooled. We need a vice. Yes, in case something in case something happens. Ooh, if you don't <laughs> I, I, I meant personally. I don't mean something like, you know, like if we then fall out of favor, which they never will. We we love you, Christian. You will never not be our unofficial mascot. Uh, <laughs> but but thank you so much, Megan. Even though I wasn't a fan of the show, this has been fun. So thank you for no, joining me on this you. conversation. At least I can see some good, but also talk about the bad in a healthy, constructive way that wasn't uh, problematic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you. Um, so, and you're you're as we always say, you're our yep. anonymous Megan, <laughs> our anonymous panelist. So I will not ask you where you can be found because I know you don't want to be found. But you can find me on Twitter at EAprilBeauty. The E and the A and the B are capitalized. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod. On Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one. On Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod. On TikTok at it's a fandom thing pod. If you would like to be a potential interview guest on the show, Jason Siegel, I would love to have Please you on here. Do. Oh, man, that would be a fun <laughs> chat. That would be so much fun. Um, head on over to our website. It's a fandomthingpod.com. Click the Contact Us button there. Reach out that way. You can also listen to my interviews. I pride myself on how good I am at interviews. I have had people tell me I am the best interview they've ever had like I'm the best at it so for some people I, I I'm not trying to you know boost myself up here but I'm just saying I'm really think I'm really good at this I really well, pride if myself Aaron's not going to boost herself research. up I will and say she is um I have that authority to do so so I will be the one to say she will probably be the best interview you will ever had okay Mr. Siegel um so you just come on to the show and have the best interview ever <laughs> <laughs> thank you megan thank you uh but yes feel free to reach out to us there you can email us directly at it's a fandom thing pod at gmail.com and next week we are wrapping up comedy month with a look at it's always sunny in philadelphia which is going to be a live stream so that one will probably it's going to be on sunday night um sunday the 22nd uh at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm just giving Eastern Standard Time because my other three panelists are on that East Coast. So we're going to have Rachel and Lauren from Sort of Brilliant Podcast, the podcast where they sort characters into Harry Potter houses. And also keep a lookout in August sometime. I believe it's going to be August or later this year. I will be on there sorting three of Finn Whitrock's characters Woo! from American Horror Story. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that, even though I don't know anything about Harry Potter. But <laughs> still looking forward to it um and then also judy will be joining us on that episode so that should be fun and then we're going to wrap things up with a look at happy endings which is another new show for me and then we are going to be kicking off pride month soon so look for promotional videos on that as well so until next time remember it's a fandom thing black lives matter and stop asian hate It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. 
So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, are you a super fan of Taylor Swift, Jelly Roll, or Morgan Wallen? Are you that song nerd who likes to dive into every little lyric of every little song and figure out what everything means? Do you want to take that a bit further, though? Because I have a podcast called Songwriter Soup, and it dives into the journey of a songwriter and how those people help craft the soundtrack of your life. I'm Laura Veltz. And I'm bringing all of my friends together to discuss our funny little job writing for all of your favorite artists. Listen to Songwriter Soup wherever you get your podcasts.